Hey folks, you've tuned in to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. On this week's show, guys, we are now heading full throttle into fishing season, springtime here in Louisiana, and a lot to talk about on this week's show. We even got a little bit of information for you in the hunting and outdoors industry right before we get into fishing season that made some news this week. So we'll share that information with you as well as talk about the state of the boating industry right now, currently in 2021. Maybe you're in the market for a new or used boat. Well, I'm going to break it all down for you, what you need to know on this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Let's go. Well, hello and good morning, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. I'm your host, Jacob Robery. And as always, just like to welcome you all to the show. If this is your first time stumbling upon our podcast, we'd like to say welcome. Um, we're always open to new people finding us on your favorite streaming platform. And if you love talking outdoors, this is the place to tune into on a weekly basis. We're glad to have you. For those of you who listen on a, on a weekly basis, just want to also tell you guys, thank you. We appreciate you as always. Uh, all our great sponsors that help support the show, which you hear us talk about on a weekly basis. And guys, this week, we, as always, we have quite a bit of information to share with you guys. I have some topics I want to discuss with everyone. Um, as we sit here Sunday morning here in the studio, we are now in Louisiana experiencing our first true winter storm of the season. So go figure, huh, guys? Um, you know, winter storm, all of hunting season, you know, we had somewhat you know cool temperatures throughout the hunting season but um never experienced nothing this year like we are having right now so um here at my you know in gonzales louisiana the studios here um we're in the low 30s we're not expected to get much higher today for the high and uh boy what perfect duck on weather it would be we have a nice wind blowing outside um, you know, cool temperatures, but unfortunately, hunting season is closed like many of you are experiencing probably. So I have to say, man, this winter storm really caught a lot of people kind of off guard this week. I'm sure you heard a lot of the stories coming out of uh, out of Texas earlier this week. You know, they had a horrible, horrible pileup on the interstate there as a result of all this ice and this cold weather that's sweeping across the U.S. and especially the southern portions of the U.S., um, you know, so my heart goes out to a lot of the families and the people that were involved in those uh, horrific accidents that occurred in, uh, you know, in Texas this week. Um, several people lost their lives, which, you know, ultimately impacts a lot more people. So really sad to see that. Um, you know, I know down here in the south, we're not accustomed to driving in ice uh, like a bunch of you up north are. You know, it's just a different environment for us. So, um you know, that's that's really sad when you hear a story or see something on the news that occurred like you saw there. But uh, but yeah, guys, you know, like I said, even though we're wrapping up hunting season, um, we have just a couple of weeks left of small game hunting here in Louisiana. Um, you know, a lot of guys are starting to kind of shift gears. Um, you know, as you get ready to head into the springtime, um, we start pulling out the rods, the reels, start cleaning up the boat, maintenance in the boat, doing our service on that. And uh, if you tune in to last week's show, we talked about a trip that we took down to uh, our actually our first fishing trip of the year uh, down to Bayou Corn. We did me and Jackson did some uh, sack layer, some white perch or crappie fishing. Um, 
for you know however you term it but we did some some pan fishing last week we made a pretty successful trip out and uh and you know had a had a good first trip of the season so a lot of you are probably doing the same i know around here in uh in louisiana a lot of the bass tournaments have have kicked off and we're going to talk about uh the finish fishing industry um you know in this episode this week we're gonna we're gonna touch on um, if you're in the market to possibly buy a boat or you're, whether you're looking at a new or a used boat, I'm going to kind of fill you guys in on what to expect, where the boating industry is as we head, you know, full throttle into uh, the spring season here in 2021. So I got some good information for you guys. Um, but something that I do want to touch base on first, still related to hunting, is a couple of uh, episodes ago, we talked about Remington firearms. We've actually brought up Remington firearms on uh, several shows that we did this year. And those of you who are close to the industry, you know, you probably know by now that Remington Firearms filed bankruptcy last year. And they've been going through a process where they were uh, dividing out the company. They were looking to sell different portions of the company. Um, the ammunition side was purchased by Federal Fire or Federal Ammunition, uh, which is an American-based company here in the U.S. Uh, many of you are familiar with Federal Ammunition. So, um, you know, that's always a great thing, in my opinion, when you see a, a name like Remington, you know, definitely get picked up by a company who's been doing it, you know, for many years, has a real good name in the industry and is especially made here in the U.S. I always I'm for that, uh, as many of you probably are. But as far as the firearm side of the business, Remington, as we talked about in previous episodes, they have not been producing firearms. Um, due to the bankruptcy. So they had been looking for a buyer when it, it, the news broke that they were going to file for bankruptcy. And that's something that um, that was, you know, in the headlines. It was very well publicized. And a company came in um, and bought Remington's firearm side by the name of Roundhill Group. Um, and Roundhill Group basically is a, is, a, is a company that not necessarily had a history in the firearms business. Um, we talked about hedge funds and stuff like that in the last episode when we talked about Cabela's. Um, and basically, I, I, I'm not going to classify Roundhill as a hedge fund group, but they are an investment group. Let's just say that. So word on the street that, uh, that was out there is that they were going to, I think it was June, that they were going to start producing firearms in the Remington factory uh, once again. But as news broke last week, um, it looks like that's been sped up a little bit. So if you haven't been able to find, you know, a Remington firearm that you've been looking to purchase or that you've thought about purchasing in your, in your favorite retail store or local gun store, um, it looks like they are going to begin production from what the article that was released talked about in March. So we're just a couple of weeks away. Um, like I said, it looks like the, the production time that they expected has been expedited. Um, so Remington and Roundhill Group um, got the approval for the, uh, to clear the way for the company to resume manufacturing guns under its Remington Arms label. Uh, from the famed Illinois New York factory, it purchased during last fall's Remington Outdoor bankruptcy proceedings. Um, the firm now owns the rights to produce all Remington firearms and holds the patents with the exception of Marlin's assets, uh, which many of you know, Moreland, the Moreland side of the business was actually uh, purchased by Ruger Firearms. So uh, in my opinion, great acquisition for Ruger. You know, Moreland also has a very uh, long history, um, a very good name in the industry. 
as far as firearms go, it's a, it's one of those traditional companies and names that just go along with firearms in the U.S. So for Ruger to step in and buy Marlin, I think it's a great acquisition, and it's going to carry on that American-made tradition of the Marlin name. So um, I think that's absolutely a great thing for the industry and for the U.S. for sure. So good job. Hats off to you, Ruger, uh, for picking up and you know the Marlin side of the business. Um, but yeah, production guys on Remington is scheduled to resume March 1st. Um, and it looks like they're going to be bringing back right around 200 staff members, uh, reporting back to work on March 1st. So, um, good to see some, you know, some, um, jobs, you know, getting kicked back up. Guys going to be going back to work and that's never, ever a bad thing, especially with the times that we're in now. So, um, really good, really good deal for that. Uh, Long-term plans for the facility seem to include calling back other workers and possibly expansion as well as what Remington Arms is, is, is saying in their statement. Um, so I think you're going to start seeing them try to get back to full capacity uh, here in the coming months. And that's uh, and that's all only going to help production kick up uh, the number of distributors that are being able to get firearms out to your local stores. Um, so you're going to start seeing more Remington firearms hopefully on the shelves again. So you may ask yourself, what's what's their priority once it gets kicked up in production? What are we looking at as far as getting, um, you know, what type of firearms are we looking at getting out uh, out the door once it, it production ramps back up? So, uh, well, they had they also answered that question. To be honest with you, so the Remington 870. Many of us are familiar with the Remington 870. If you're a hunter, if you're an outdoorsman. Or you just into a home protection. You might have a Remington 870 pump shotgun for home protection. The Remington 870 is the number one selling pump shotgun of all time. And that is what Remington, once they crank back up here in March, a couple of weeks away, is going to start producing. So, um, you know, it'll be the 870. That'll be the first gun. Um, and they are telling people that they're going to be posting photos and, you know, uh, on social media, on their social media platforms, on our website, of the first serial number that the uh, that they produce out there on the first 870 they build. So pretty awesome. I wanted to share that information with you guys this week uh, because I think, you know, a lot of people have talked about Remington, whether or not they were going to be able to bounce back from this bankruptcy. And looking at, and looking at this uh, and hearing this news, it's only going to be uh, good, you know, good for the industry, especially like we talked about on previous episodes with the administration we have, you know, in, in place right now and the politics. We need more feet on the ground. We need more companies producing. We need more buyers produce, uh, you know, purchasing the products. So we definitely want to get that, uh, you know, get those numbers back up again. And, and Remington looks like they're going to be making an effort here. So. Good to see that Remington name back in the market. Whether you're a Remington fan or not, um, it's definitely a good thing. So, but I wanted to give you guys some of that information. Uh, you know, even though hunting season's coming to an end, we're still talking hunting, guys. When some news breaks, we're going to share it with you, um, especially, you know, national news like that, that that has to do with, you know, these famed companies that have been around for a long time. Or if it's local news here in Louisiana, um, we're going to share it with you throughout the season. So, Look forward to more information as far as, you know, as, as it occurs and as it breaks and hits the uh, hits the news, uh, you know, the the, uh, the the hot wires, I guess you could say. But uh, as I mentioned in the opening, guys, we uh, we are looking now towards fishing season. Springtime is just around the corner. 
Um, a lot of you are probably, like we mentioned, you're starting to break out the rods and reels if you haven't done so already. Um, I know a lot of my friends are. A lot of guys have already cranked up tournament season. If you tournament fish, um, a lot of bass fishing going on. As we record the show right now, we actually have the uh, the first Bassmaster Elite Series up on the, on the TV here. And uh, we have two Louisiana boys in contention today as we go into the final day of the uh, tournament. They're, uh, the Bassmaster Elite Series is visiting the St. John's River right now. And um, this is a historic place. A lot of big weights have come out of here in the past. Um, and now with uh, with Bassmaster, those of you who follow bass fishing, you know, on TV and stuff like that for years, you know that it's been with ESPN. Um, this year in 2021, Bass and ESPN decided to part ways with each other. So, um, so as of 2021, Bass has now uh, formed a partnership with Fox Sports. So you are now able to watch Bassmaster more coverage, um, you know, on Fox Sports. And this morning, if you, if you, uh, you know, if you're watching, you're going to be watching it on Fox Sports too. So um, really cool to see that more coverage on Sundays for those of us who enjoy watching, you know, on on the weekends. I think that's going to be a, also a good thing to grow the sport. Um, you also have your major league fishing out there, like many of you probably follow and you're aware of if you're into the fishing. Um, and also some more some more news that broke uh, big headlines over the last couple of weeks. Uh, last week, you know, on last week's episode, we talked about Cabela's. We talked about a little bit about Johnny Morris, who owns Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops. Uh, he also owns White River Marine Group, which is going to be your Nitro brands. Uh, Ranger, and, and it's a whole bunch of different brands that are formed under that umbrella of White River Marine Group. Well, just this uh, last couple of weeks, there was another announcement made by, uh, you know, by Bass Pro Shops um, that Bass Pro Shops and Johnny Morris was going to offer a, uh, a, a, a fishing platform, a tournament fishing platform for the average, uh, you know, person to be able to compete and go out there and it was geared specifically towards White River Marine boat owners. So what that meant was that if you're a Nitro owner, a Ranger owner, um, you could have Tahoe, um, you know, um, Regency pontoons, Ranger pontoons, Bass Tracker, any of those White River Marine brands, this new tournament circuit that was announced is going to be for you and your family. Um, and what they're saying is that over $4 million in cash and prizes for anglers and, and anticipated 1 million uh, goes towards conservation. So what they're gearing this towards is uh, they're advertising it to gear towards conservation and growing the sport. So once again, leave it to Johnny Morris, you know, the founder of Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's to, uh, to, to get involved and to kind of head up this project to start this, this big tournament program that they offering this summer. So I think it's a it's a good thing to be honest with you. I, I'm all for it in this situation. Um, and there's a lot of details. You see a lot of advertising on it right now. If you go to Bass Pro's website, Cabela's, um, you go to any of the boat uh, you know websites on the White River Marine, you it's one of the first things you see pop up as far as the advertising for it. Um, you know, and what they're stating is to kickstart its 50th anniversary celebration of Bass Pro Shops. A new era in the sport of fishing with the introduction of the Johnny Morse Bass Pro Shops U.S. National Bass Fishing Amateur Team Championships. Whew, that's a long name, guys. So once again, this is what it's called. 
the Bass Pro Shops U.S. Open National Bass Fishing Amateur Team Championships. That's a hell of a long name, in my opinion. But uh, they got it all covered in that title, and it lets you know kind of what it is. So, uh, And they go on to say, noted conservationist and Bass Pro Shops founder Johnny Morris had a dream to create the ultimate owner's appreciation event while benefiting conservation. The first of its kind tournament invites owners of Tracker, Ranger, Nitro, Trident, Sun Tracker, Tahoe, and Mako brand boats to compete in a two-person team tournament uh, with proceeds benefiting conservation and the future of fishing. The event is being created exclusively for amateurs, including serious weekend tournament anglers, parents, grandparents, and youngsters, giving everyday anglers, friends, and family a chance to win big, whether it's prizes or money. So a lot is, is, is going on with this, this particular circuit, but it's, you know, the main goal of the circuit, guys, is for conservation is what they're advertising it as, um, as well as getting people out on the water. You know, with the, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic that hit last year, boat sales were at an all-time high in 2020. And we're going to kind of discuss that as we get a little further into this show. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that were looking to hit the water. Um, you know, getting outdoors in the outdoor industry, we've talked about this before, whether it's hunting, it's fishing. Uh, it, it's it's a great way to social distance with your family, um, you know, and not necessarily stay cooped up inside the house, that type of deal. So, um, it, you know, in my opinion, for the outdoors industry, once again, it's a great it's a great opportunity. You know, you've seen a lot of good stuff come out of this. Um, so the, this particular tournament circuit is only going to add to that. I think, it, you know, I think Johnny Morris and Bass Pro Shops probably took a look at you know, the numbers, because they are involved in the boating industry, they're involved in the outdoor industry, um, you know, and they saw, they saw the spike that we had, and that we experienced this year in boating, um, and they want to get people outdoors, uh, because look, at the end of the day, yeah, it's a great thing for conservation, uh, that's the main, the main thing that this circuit is based around us, you know, to, uh, to help conservation, but it's also to get, like I said, families out there, but but don't don't get me wrong and don't be mistaken at all. This is only going to increase profits for their brands as well too. So you put that Johnny Morris uh, logo or signature. You put Bass Pro Shops on it, Cabela's on it. That's going to draw more people to the stores. It's going to draw more people online to shop with them. Um, you know to per even purchase boats and stuff like that. Um, it, it only increases their business too. So don't don't be fooled. This is an advertising thing as well. Um, you know, so it has, it has a good side to it and it also has a good side to it for them as well. So, um, you know, it's going to be good all around and it definitely is going to help them out. I'm sure as well, as far as their brands and stuff go too. So, but, uh, another, another announcement that was made, we talked about Bassmasters as we watched the Bassmasters, uh, tournament right now on TV live while we're recording this show, um, Marathon, Marathon Petroleum Corporation, which operates the nation's largest refining system uh, and thousands of retail locations from coast to coast, has signed on as the title sponsor this year for Bassmaster Studios and is a supporting sponsor of the Bassmaster Tournament Trail. Uh, Marathon has always helped Americans fuel their passion um, and for the outdoors, and millions of people have discovered or rediscovered a passion for fishing in the past year due to the COVID-19 pandemic, which I mentioned. Um, so Marathon is, you know, here in Louisiana, guys, a lot of you who may even listen to this, this podcast, uh, you know, you may work for Marathon. So Marathon, um, you know, in 
getting their name out there and getting into the outdoors, they also saw the growth in the industry last year in the boating industry. Um, so, you know, by partnering with Bass, who's one of the biggest companies out there, if not the biggest company in the fishing market for competitive tournament fishing, uh, been around for many, many years since Mr. Ray Scott started it. Um, they see saw, you know, they see and saw an opportunity to hop on with Bass this year. Bass was making some transitions from over from ESPN, like we mentioned, over to Fox Sports. A lot has been going on. You know, there's been sponsors that have separated uh, with Bass to go over to Major League Fishing or vice versa. Uh, so there's a lot of industry moves and changes that have been going on on the professional side, much less the amateur side of things. So Marathon Corporation obviously also saw this growth this year. Um, and they decided to partner with Bass uh, for the 2021 Elite Series as a title sponsor for them. Um, and, and really, that, I mean, man, I think that's a great move for them, to be honest with you, because they're in our local areas, especially here in, in the south. You know, a lot of refineries. Marathon's a big name. A lot of people are employed by Marathon. Um, and a lot of those same guys are outdoorsmen. You know, they are. They, they're bass fishermen. They're sockeye fishermen. Um, they 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 own boat owners. They're duck hunters. They're hunters. Uh, whether they're buying go devils, gator tails, whatever it is, you got to have gas put into those machines uh, to make them operate and to do what you do on a on a, a normal basis during hunting season and during the spring to do fishing. So, what greater partnership, <coughs> excuse me, than for Marathon to partner with one of the biggest names in the industry um, and help support that organization? And in return, I think it's going to be great um, exposure for them as a company um, and it's good to see those big companies kind of you know pairing up and getting involved with the sport as well so that's awesome um, so yeah guys just that's just some local headlines that we wanted to talk about with y'all to open up the show this week uh, as I'm looking at it we have Greg Hackney our guy from Gonzales he is sitting in second place right now in the St. John's River guy so I'm really pulling for Greg Hackney uh, this morning to pull this one out, but it looks like we have a rookie who's leading the uh, the tournament this morning. First year guy on the Elite Series, um, and right now he has about a four pound lead early this morning. So uh, we're gonna see how the day unfolds. You know, Hackney has such experience, man. It's really good to see him back on the Elite Series this year. Uh, he's starting to see it, guys. You start. We talked about this before. When Major League Fishing was announced, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, a lot of the guys just, you know, they made that transition from Bass over to Major League Fishing. And uh, big names, you know, your KVDs, your Hackneys, your Mike Iconellas, Gerald Swindle, all those guys that we have been watching for many, many years. You saw them make that transition to leave Bass. That are, It was a decision, a life-changing decision for many of these guys. Uh, you know, local guys that we're per that we're familiar with are, you know, buddy of ours, Cliff Crochet, right here in Louisiana. Um, you know, Cliff's a guy from Pierport. He had been cutting his teeth on the Bassmaster Elite Series since he made the Classic years ago, and uh, he was one of those young guys that decided to make that transition over to Major League Fishing. So, uh, you know, in my opinion, when that when it all kind of separated. It's like it lost some of that magic, in my opinion, at least for me. It lost some of that, you know, that hopping on, you know, during the work week, I'd look forward to hopping on online, going check out the uh, the standings or kind of, you know, watch some of that live footage on online. 
um, you know, and those big names are always being in there and competing. Um, and when it, when it kind of separated between bass and major league fishing, it lost some of that magic for me, you know. And, and you may not feel the same, but I I just enjoy that traditional five stringer limit, you know, competition where you you're fishing for the five biggest fish. Um, you know, I'm not as interested in the major league fishing side of it. It was cool watching it on TV. Um, but once it became, you know, a, a big tournament series, it seems like it just didn't have um, that 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 interest for me, at least, you know, and you may feel completely different about it. But that's just that's just how it was for me. And I, I, I grew up. I'm one of those guys that grew up on bass, um, you know, 41 years old. Um, I, since I was a young boy, I was my dad was a bass member. I, I, I wait for those Bassmaster magazines to come in the mail. Um, and, and like many of you probably did. And, you know, I just always enjoyed watching a tournament for the five biggest fish. Um, to me, once Major League Fishing came along, it just wasn't as interesting. But it was still interesting because I'm a fisherman. I love I love the competition side of it. And I completely understand wh why these guys in most of their cases made a change. There were some very appealing uh, things, you know, that that MLF was offering to these anglers. No entry fees being number one. Um, I mean, you know, if you were fishing the Elite Series coming up as a young guy, it was extremely, you know, um, you know, expensive to get involved. You know, a lot of these guys put a lot on the line just to be able to, you know, take a chance to make a career out of it. And guys, you know, as well as I do, it is not cheap to play that game nowadays. Look at the prices of boats. Look at, you know, the price of fishing tackle. We're paying eight, nine, ten dollars and even more in some cases for spinner baits, you know, or whatever bait it is um, that's out there. Packs of plastics, which, you know, used to cost us, you know, two bucks, two fifty, three dollars a pack are now seven, eight dollars for a pack of Gary Yamamoto Senkos. So, I mean, the, the cost, just like everything else, has shot up so much that these guys who are doing it for a living, you know, and, and, and trying to make a profession out of it. You can only imagine the cost that they are, they're, you know, taking on just trying to, to try to make a footprint in the sport and trying to, you know, make it a career. So, you know, when MLF came along and they're offering no entry fees, and a lot of other different perks, bigger payouts, and more exposure for sponsor opportunities and all that stuff. Well, hell, I can't blame those guys. You know, we would probably all do the same. Um, but now what we're seeing you know, you fast forward to 2021, some of those big names that we talked about, Hackney, Gerald Swindle, um, you know, some of these other guys that are transitioning, they're already established. You know, they've, they've made, you know, plenty of money in their career, which, I mean, who, who doesn't want to make more? But they're established. You know, they're not young guys, rookies starting out. Um, you know, putting their their house, their mortgages on the line and all that type of stuff to try to make a career out of it. These guys have been at it a long time. They've made a footprint in the, in the sport um, and they've, they've well established with sponsors and so on and so forth. You're starting to see some of those guys this year transition back to BASS. Um, and in my opinion, it's because they felt also that there was something missing there, that competition that fishing for the five biggest fish, you know, uh, not necessarily wanting to catch 30, you know, small fish in a day or whatever. Hell, you know, no, I'm not knocking MLF for that at all. Who doesn't want to catch 30, 40 fish in a day? That's fun no matter how big they are. But there was something missing, you know, obviously for these guys to come back to BASS and these big names to come back. 
It wasn't just about the money, obviously. Um, you know, it wasn't just about the sponsorships. You know, I saw Gerald Swindle today. Um, you know, he's he's had several sponsors for many, many years. Um, you know, and some of them he's been with for a long time. Um, you know, he was doing a demo of his uh, new rig that he's running for the 2021 season. And up front on the front, he had a Humminbird, he had a LaRanch unit, and he had a Gorman unit. And all three brands. And that's something that you never saw year, a couple of years ago. You know, if a guy was with Johnson Outdoors, who owns Minn Kota, and, he, and they own uh, Hummingbird, um, they're under one umbrella. Basically, he was running Talons on his boat. He was running, you know, uh, Minn Kota trolling motor. He was running um, Hummingbird Electronics. Uh, because he had a he had a partnership with Johnson Outdoors, and that's their umbrella of of companies that they own and operate. So, you know, to see a guy like Swindle have a Gorman, a Lawrence, a Hummingbird all up on the front of his boat, that just tells you right there that these guys are shifting a little bit. The industry's shifting a little bit. Um, you know, they are established. These guys have established they could afford to kind of branch out and use the equipment that they feel is not only best for them. But, uh, you know, whether it's a certain brand or not, that's the, that's the situation that they're in. So, um, you know, pretty cool to see that, um, you know, and, and let's not be fooled. These guys do this for a living. So they're going to use the best equipment that's available on their on their boats because that's their office. Um, that's their job. And that's what they do to bring income to their their families and their their uh, household. So a lot going on, you know, as far as the professional side of it in the industry right now. Uh, so, you know. You guys, you may have a different take on it. If you do, hell, we'd love to hear your opinions. Leave us a leave us some feedback on our social media pages. When we put the links to the podcast on our Facebook page, our Instagram page, comment on it. We'd love to respond and share some comments with you guys. I know a lot of you do that on a regular basis, and uh, we love hearing the feedback. So continue to do that, guys. But look, we're going to go ahead and take a break here for a second. And uh, when we come back, guys, we're going to be talking boating industry in 2021. Where are we at? Has things changed since 2020? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share some information from 2020 with y'all and uh, and let you know kind of the way it's stacked up <clears throat> as far as the bass boating industry went uh, brand-wise. Which brand do you think was number one in the industry in 2020? Um, is it your favorite brand? Is it a brand that you may be surprised by? We're going to talk about that and a lot more when we come back on this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Stay tuned, guys. All right, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. I'm your host, Jacob Robery. And guys, if y'all haven't heard us talk about it lately, I got to give a shout out to one of our great uh, supporters of the podcast, um, on our social media platforms, we've been talking about Wrap It Up Cajun Customs and our buddy Romeo Mamalo from over there in Slidell, Louisiana. Um, many of you have heard us talk about them on the show. You've seen their pictures on our social media platform of the wraps that Romeo's been doing for us as well as uh, a lot of our friends and fellow hunters. And uh, you've decided to give them a call to get a quote and an estimate on protecting your favorite firearm. Um, Romeo, whether it's shotguns, ARs, home protection, uh, magazines, whatever it may be, if you're looking to kind of spruce up and give that firearm that you have in your uh, rifle case or shotgun case a new look, uh, maybe it's a black synthetic that you really wanted to kind of do a camo pattern on. You've looked at hydro dipping and other options, but it didn't justify the cost. 
Uh, well, Romeo over at Wrap It Up Cajun Customs could get you taken care of at a fraction of the price, guys. Uh, he uses only high-quality vinyl wrap, uh, very similar to like you see a lot of the professional fishermen use on their trucks and on their uh, boats and stuff like that. Um, Romeo uses the same process as far as wrapping your favorite firearm of choice, and it's a fraction of the cost of what hydro dipping costs. Um, it's made to last you know, many years down the road. Um, and guys, if you haven't checked them out, you need to go check them out at Wrap It Up Cajun Customs on social media. Um, like I said, you could contact Romeo, you could get in touch with him like many of you have, and he'll give you a quote uh, based off of your firearm. He has a generic price list, but if it's something that's you know, um, you know, a little bit more than what's the basic wrap. He can get you taken care of still. He'll price you out right. Tell him that the guys over at Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors sent you. But you need to check it out, especially uh, it's a great time of year for that uh, before you head into hunting season next season. So, And also you heard us talk about last week, guys, another great supporter of the show is Blake Benoit over at Benoit Performance Baits in Thibodeau, Louisiana. Um, for those of you who tuned into our YouTube video that we posted on our channel last week, um, those Sackalay and White Purse that you saw us catching were on Benoit Performance Baits. Blake has an awesome grass shrimp, plastic grass shrimp that's really effective here in Louisiana, and I'm sure it could be in your area too. Um, all hand-poured plastics. He has jig heads, whether it's Sackalay fishing you're into, um, you know, or crappie. Um, or bass fishing, guys. Blake got you covered. Go check him out as well at Benoit Performance Baits and tell him that the guys at Last Stop Waterfowl sent you. Um, super great guy. You will not be disappointed. Does really good work and very affordable. So Benoit Performance Baits, y'all check them out. Just had to mention those guys. Um, but as we talked about, guys, in the final segment here, we're going to be getting into information as far as boat buying industry for 2021. Uh, so to kind of know where we are in 2021 or how we got here to where we, we are now, um, we kind of need to look back at 2020. If, you know, um, we talked about 2020 being a boom year for, for the boating industry, for the outdoor industry as a whole. Um, but U.S. boat sales actually reached a 13-year high in 2020. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it, it was a boom for us. Uh, many of you who know me, Personally, or if you listen to the show on a regular basis, you know that my full-time profession is in the boating industry. Um, I'm in a boat sales personally, and I deal with a lot of different brands, and I have over the years. Um, so I can help you guys. I feel like I'm educated enough to bring you guys information if you're looking at possibly buying a boat in 2021. Um, whether it's new or used, it doesn't matter. We could go. I could give some, you know, that information to you on what you need to know. Uh, and kind of what to expect, because that's a big key to uh, before you walk into a dealership is kind of knowing what to expect. And, the, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a strenuous decision like buying a vehicle. All of us that buy cars, most of us hate it. You know, that's just the way it is. You go in, you feel like you're getting, you know, uh, you know, something pulled over on you. Um, and it's just not a, it's just not a comfortable experience for most people that go in and buy, buy a vehicle. Well, I can tell you, um, you know, in the boating side, it seems to be a lot less hassle, a lot less trouble. Um, and I'll explain to you a couple of reasons why as we move along in this in this show. But, um, you know, being educated is the key ticket. Before you walk into a dealership, uh, you know, having an idea of what's going on in the industry, what to expect, all that type of stuff will make your buying experience a lot better as a consumer. So we'll discuss some of that. But looking back at 2020, 
guys, you know, with heightened interest in the outdoor recreational activities in 2020 and ways to social distance, consumer demand for new boats surged across the, the country. Um, you've heard me talk about that. Um, the U.S. increased last year by an estimated 12 percent uh, from 2019. So there was a 12 percent increase over 2019 in 2020 with, you know, new boat buyers coming to the market. Um, you know, smaller boats um, that those statistics are for 26 foot boats and below, basically, is what that would that, you know, those statistics come from. Um, sales of personal watercraft, including jet skis, uh, sea dews, wave runners, uh, were up an estimated 8%, you know, in 2020. Um, your wake boats, so those of you who are into wake boats, like your wake surfing, your skiing, your wake boarding boats, um, those were up actually 20% in 2020, um, which is a big increase, you know, so it's quite a bit of an increase. Um, now, for those of us who are fishermen, you know, Sales of freshwater fishing boats and pontoon boats. That's that's a big market that I'm involved with. Um, you know, often sought, you know, people are looking for versatility in those areas. Um, they had also had an increase uh, accounting for about 50 percent increase. So when you're talking about a 50 percent increase in those areas, guys, that is a lot of new boat buyers coming to the market in 2020. But like we talked about, social distancing being encouraged. You know, what better way to social distance than to get your family out on the water? Um, you know, all the sports, the activities, the organized activities, you know, baseball, dance, all that type of stuff with your kids was, was pretty much, you know, came to a halt in 2020. So what did people do? People went to their local dealerships. Um, they jumped on Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, you know, any classified uh, ads online, and they started shopping for a boat. They started shopping for campers. They started shopping for stuff where they could get away with their families. Um, and that's what they did. And, and, and what occurred from that is a huge spike in the industry, obviously. Um, and they're only expecting that to continue and grow in 2021 from what the statistics are showing. Um, I can tell you personally right now, you know, we are now in February, mid part of February. And, uh, you know, people are shopping early this year. You know, here in Louisiana, we're a little bit different than maybe across the United States, especially our northern states. Typically, you know, we could fish year round here in Louisiana, um, you know, which is not the case up north. You know, a lot of people up north, you have to winterize your boats. You have to uh, put them away and you might only be able to use your boats for a certain amount of time, a couple of months out of the year. Um, well, that's not the case here in Louisiana. Um, so. Just to give you guys an update and interrupt y'all, uh, Greg Hackney now still sitting in second place right now this morning on the St. John's and for the Bassmaster Elite. He's at 67 pounds. Brian New, who's a rookie, is in first place at 78 pounds. So they almost got a you know pretty good size lead heading into the afternoon. So, but anyway, guys, getting back to it. I'm sorry about that. I'm watching this as we talk, but um. You know, with all that going on with the new buyers, you know, it, it really put the industry, even though it was a successful year in the industry and sales were increased, it also put a big pinch on the industry as far as getting inventory and meeting the demand. Um, so, you know, I'd say probably mid part of last year, once boat show season came to an end, which typically boat show season is done, at least for us, you know, at our dealership, we're usually done sometime around you know, May, June, somewhere in that ballpark, um, which we ended up having the, our second boat show that we participated in last year canceled 
here in Gonzales, Louisiana, uh, due to COVID, you know, and putting a limitation on how many people could be in the buildings and stuff like that. So, um, but from about that point on last year, it was it became started becoming increasingly hard to get inventory um, to just walk into a dealership and get inventory. Let me say that, <clears throat> um, you know, the days like it was a couple of years ago where you could walk into your local dealer or walk into, you know, your big box store like your Bass Pro Cabela's and take a look at 20, 30, 40 boats uh, that were on the lot. Guys, that is not what we are in right now. I could promise you. Um, those of you who are shopping already for 2021, you know that. I don't have to tell you that. Um, you can step on the lot at any dealership right now, and you will notice that inventory is heavily depleted. Um, so what's that mean? Well, like I mentioned, that means that the demand is greater than what they can produce right now. Um, you know, now a lot of these factories are, you know, in pinches and situations where they, they, they're having to do the best they can with the, you know, with the restrictions that are put on them right now from the COVID-19 restrictions. Um, you know, they're dealing with employees who have COVID themselves, possibly, um, that have to take time off from work. Um, they're dealing with, you know, distributors such as it could be anything. It could be distributors for trolling motors, uh, motors, outboard motors. Uh, it could be plexiglass windshields. You name it. If it's on that boat and it's a it's a part of that boat, they can be waiting on inventory to come in to, uh, you know, build boats with. So a lot of consumers are do not understand that side of it. They, they just don't. They aggravate it. They walk into, you know, our dealership and, hey, I want to take a look at all your boats you have, all your bay boats, all your bass boats. And we have to kind of, you know, inform them, hey, um, you know, I don't have a whole lot to look at right now. I may have one. I may have three. You know, three is a lot if I have three of a specific model. Um, and, and they get frustrated. I, I'm really surprised at how frustrated people get with that uh, because, you know, they, they've been waiting to holding, you know, off on pulling the trigger and waiting to buy a boat for the springtime. And now they're walking in, they expect to just walk in and pick a boat out that they want. Or the other flip side of it is if they do order a boat and they want to order a boat, they're extremely disappointed in the wait times right now uh, because it's taking longer for production, like we mentioned. So the wait time on an ordered boat right now is it, it could be double what it normally is, you know? Um so we'll talk about that stuff, but you know, it's really shocking to me that people how I guess out of touch they are when they're walking into some of the dealerships right now and 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 just their attitude towards us uh, or towards other dealers whenever you you give them that information. So um that's that's part of what we're here for. That's why we're talking about this on this week's episode is to educate you guys. Um you know, don't don't be that guy because us as the dealers we're trying to get you the product just as much as you want the product. Um, you know, a lot of guys like me, we work on commission, you know. So, you know, our our income level is based on the amount of units that we sell at our dealership. Uh, I promise you, we are not trying to hold back inventory, uh, you know, for any reason whatsoever, because that means we would be making less money. Um, our dealership would be making less money and the manufacturers make less money. So it trickles you know, down and up to everybody. Um, I can assure you that is not the case. Um, but to understand the industry of where it's at, like I said, the, the, the consumer need is much greater than what can be produced right now. Um, and, and a lot has to do with the 
COVID-19 restrictions that are placed on the manufacturers and on the manufacturer's suppliers. Uh, you know, I know at one point, a couple of months back, one of our largest man manufacturers, our brands that we deal with, um, when we talked to them and we were trying to get answers, you know, um, it, it was basically, hey, this is what's going on on a daily basis. Um, we take an inventory of who shows up for work. We take a look at what inventory came in from our distributors to be able to build the boats with. And we build what we can based off of those two factors on a daily basis. It changes on a daily basis. So, you know, it's not like they have huge amounts of supplies and they can just pump out these boats left and right. And I'm talking this particular brand is one of the biggest brands in the industry that you guys are familiar with. So if they're the largest doing that, um, you know, it could be even tougher for some of the smaller guys in the industry brands out there. Um, or I have seen, the, you know, the opposite of that for some of the smaller brands. Since they don't have such a large footprint in the industry and they don't have to pump out, you know, numerous amounts of boats to customers, they may be able to supply a dealer with a couple of boats because they're not having such a high demand. Um, you know, there's not, you know, hundreds of orders in their system or thousands of orders in their system that they have to build boats for to be able to get out to customers. So some of these newer brands, um, you know, coming to mind, Camus, Avid, uh, a couple of those brands like that, you're seeing um, them be able to supply a couple of uh, dealers with a couple of boats, you know, or some stock boats because they are newer to the industry, you know, if you get what I'm saying there. Um, so you may have that. That may be something that you see happen. If you're looking for brands out there and you're not necessarily stuck on a particular brand, you may be interested in looking at some of the newer brands on the market. Uh, you know, so that's a that's a possibility as well. But your larger manufacturers typically can produce more boats. They have more workforce, obviously. Uh, they have more, uh, you know, they have, I guess you could say, uh, more buying power for, you know, stuff like outboards and all that type of stuff. I can tell you guys right now, you know, outboards is another big thing right now that uh, that's, you know, putting a hold on, on a lot of boats right now. Yamaha, Mercury. Mercury expanded their manufacturing plant this past year um, to double the size of what they were doing before, A, because they saw a need for the expansion, and then it just happened to be where the COVID-19 affected the industry. Um, so it came at a good time. So they're producing. I can tell you, we're a Mercury dealer, uh, you know, at our dealership here in Louisiana. We have two locations, and we really haven't had a problem with Mercury uh, supplying us at all. Um, our brand of boats that have mercury power plants on them, we don't really have a problem with those. Uh, every now and then we'll run into a crunch where you'll see a certain horsepower range possibly affected. You know, you might have to wait on a certain horsepower to, uh, to you know, be manufactured and, and hit the plant before they can ship it out to you or ship your new boat that you ordered out to you. But we haven't really seen a big pinch. I have to say mercury has been pretty solid um, this year with it. Now, on the other hand, Yamaha, we're also a Yamaha dealer for a couple of brands that we carry and sell. Um, you know, Ranger right now being one of the biggest brands in, in the industry and has been for many years. Uh, those of you who have been Ranger customers for years, you've always had an option to be able to put Mercury, Yamaha. Um, and when Evinrude was still in business, Evinrude was a partner with them as well before they went bankrupt. Well, if you've ordered a Ranger boat in the last several months or even in, going back in the last summer, um, there's been a big holdup there. 
um, because Yamaha hasn't been able to supply <coughs> Ranger with motors uh, as far as being able to stock them with motors to build boats with. So if you're a customer who ordered a boat, um, uh, specifically a Ranger in this case, and you wanted a Yamaha and you still haven't seen your boat, that's the reason behind it right now is Yamaha is telling us and, you know, as dealers and Ranger as a manufacturer that they're going to be stocked up, you know, they should be able to stock them up around June. So if you're a customer who purchased a boat, you know, back in November, December, October, uh, it can be really frustrating because your order is just sitting there, you know, in the system or, or maybe not even in their system yet to be built all due because they can't get the motor, the power plant for that motor. So that's another tip. If I could give you guys, you know, for 2021, if you're not uh, brand loyal to one specific brand and you could go either way with a Mercury, a Yamaha, whatever the brand is, it could be Suzuki, uh, you know, Honda, whoever it may be, then that may be a, a buying option or something that you could do in order to get your boat a little bit quicker. Um, so if you're not brand or, or specific or brand loyal, like I call it, um, when you go into a dealership, first of all, know what brands that dealer deals with. Are they a Mercury you know, only dealer? Are they a Mercury Yamaha dealer or whatever the brand may be? Know that first of all. Um, and a good question to ask your salesman is, okay, um, hey, I'm interested in this boat. What you know, what is the turnaround time on a Yamaha outboard of that's your preference? Or what is the you know turnaround time on a Mercury outboard of that's your preference? Which one do I, we have a better chance of getting a little bit quicker? Um, that They can tell you that information. That shouldn't be a problem for them to share with you. Um, they may not be able to give you a specific date, but they can tell you, hey, we could get Mercury quicker than we could get Yamaha. Or, hey, I could get Suzuki quicker than I could get you know Honda right now. Uh, or Tahatsu or whoever it may be. So that's a, a tip, you know, if you're looking to buy a boat in 2021. Um, also, I know another big holdup for manufacturers this year has been spraying liner in boats. So if you're looking to do a spraying liner boat, uh, you know, that could be something that is possibly holding you up because spray liner, uh, you know, has been really hard to supply this year for some reason. Uh, so, you know, those of you who have orders in right now and it's boats with spray and liner in them, no matter what brand you have, um, that could be something that is holding your order up. That could be uh, something that's taken longer to be able to produce because of the, the uh, you know, limited quantities of that stuff available in the industry to build the boats with. Uh, a good example is I have a customer, um, you know, that is that actually, you know, built a boat with me last June. Um, it was a spray and liner boat. And believe it or not, guys, that customer is still right now, we sit here in February, waiting on that boat. And the holdup has all been because of spray liner material inside the boat. Um, I've contacted the customer. I've told them the situation. Um, the manufacturer has even stepped up and offered them a, uh, a gift card in a, in a pretty you know sufficient amount of money. Um, and that's something that they're willing to offer them for their weight. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, how frustrating is that? You ordered your boat last June, and here we are sitting in February the following year, and you're still waiting on it. So I can understand. I sympathize with those customers. I sympathize with you if you that in that situation right now. But please understand something. It is not your salesman. It is not your dealer specifically 
that is causing that. This it's not even really the manufacturer in some instances. Like I said, there's a shortage of materials to build some of these boats, and that is what's causing it all due to the pandemic, all due to the demand, uh, you know, for the product and the limitations that these manufacturers have on them right now. Um, so if you understand where it starts and the root of the issue, it's not an individual issue. It's not a dealership issue. Um, your, your salesman's not trying to lie to you. Uh, we, I mean, we hear all that stuff. You know, I, I hear stuff like that from customers all the time uh, because it's human nature. We want to hear what we want to hear. Um, and, and we only hear what we want to hear sometimes when you're in that type of situation. Um, I can tell you one of the biggest mistakes I see cus consumers make and customers make when they get in situations like this is they start throwing threats out to either the salesman, the dealership, the manufacturer, or they start demanding stuff that's just unrealistic. You know, well, I want two power poles put on my boat at no charge, or I want an HDS 16 added to my boat for my pain and suffering of having to wait for this boat. Well, guys, I can tell you that is not realistic. It's just not, you know, come on, don't be that guy. Um, a lot of there, believe it or not, there's a lot of people out there like that that do that. And it, it's an absolute fucking joke. I have to admit, you know, it just is. You, if you're if your dealership and your salesman, one of the key components of being a good salesman, in my opinion, is that you have to be upfront with those customers from the time they order that boat uh to the to the time that boat's delivered, no matter what. You have to be honest. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of sleazy salesmen out there. There's a lot of sleazy dealerships out there. Um, you know, so you got to do your research before you walk into these places and have an idea of who you're trying to do business with. You know, you have to educate yourself. Um, nowadays, it's so much easier with the internet. You know, we have customers that walk into the dealerships now that are more educated than some of the salesmen I see that are trying to sell them the product. Um, I call I call these a lot of these salesmen nowadays coming up. Uh, basically, they're a brochure salesman. You know, they don't know the product, especially especially your big box stores. We talked about that in last week's episode. You know, they're a, a part time gentleman who's retired that's just trying to get a discount uh, at the store. Um, don't really know the product. Don't have a whole lot of need to get you know to know the product. Um, they're making ten dollars an hour. They're making twelve dollars an hour. You, you think that guy is going to be concerned to learn that product? He's going to, you know, take the time to go out, learn that product. He's probably not even a fisherman to begin with. That is not the, the type of dealership you want to spend your hard-earned money with. You want to go to a dealer who is going to be upfront and honest with you, but also has experience in the industry, not just the name. You know, talk to your salesman. Um, talk to the people you're dealing with, your mechanics. Are those guys fishermen? Do they know, can they relate to what you're saying as a consumer? Do they know what the latest electronics is that are available out there? When you tell them you want to run an ethernet connection for your electronics, you kind of get that dumbfounded look and that tilt to the side like a dog would give you. Then guys, guess what? You probably need to move on or you need to be talking with somebody else. Um, don't let the reputation name of a dealership be the 100%, uh, you know, final factor on whether or not you buy a boat from them. Just because it says, you know, Bass Pro Shops or whoever it may be, Cabela's, I'm not just, I'm not picking on any specific one. I'm just making an example. Um, whoever the dealership name may be, make sure that you're talking to somebody who knows the, the lingo. They know 
the products that are available to you as a consumer because look we're spending a lot of money on these boats nowadays you know you walk into a dealership in 2021 you're, you're dropping for a bass average bass fishing boat rig the cheapest let's just say the cheapest you're looking probably at about thirty thousand dollars that's not counting electronics and power poles and all this stuff that you're looking to put on you know so you, you're investing a lot of your hard-earned money. It may be a you may be retiring. You may want to make you know a boat purchase. You've been waiting years to make. You know you want to walk into a dealership that is you know familiar with what you are looking to do, or can maybe you know make some suggestions to you that may improve what you thought you wanted. You know I see that a lot. There's a lot of times I get customers that'll walk in, and uh, and you know they say, hey, I'm, I'm looking to do this, this, and this. And I know automatically that it doesn't, you know, hey, that don't go together or this will work better for you. And I make that recommendation to them. It's not that I'm trying to talk them out of it. But like I, I tell customers on a regular basis, I say, hey, I'm not only here to sell you a boat, but I'm also here to educate you as well, because this is my business. You walking into my my realm, my business, my neck of the woods of what my expertise is, I can direct you and help make some suggestions that may improve your buying experience. So I tell people that all the time, customers, I say, hey, I'm, I'm also an educator. You know, I'm not just trying to sell you a boat, you know, and make, and make a quick dime off of you and send you down the road. So uh, but unfortunately, you do see that. You do see that out there. You see a lot of guys out there. But like I said, it, the, the point of it, guys, is if you are buying a boat in 2021, educate yourself first. Uh, hopefully some of this information I'm sharing with you today kind of gives you a ballpark of why uh, it's taken so long to get boats that are on order, why it's taken, you know, uh, you to have to visit five, six, seven, maybe even, a, you know, 10 or a dozen dealerships to find product that you want to find. Um, now, as far as financing, all that type of stuff goes, guys, uh, that's a big part of educating yourself before you go to the dealer. I, I can tell you right now, as far as financing goes, that's one of the, the most popular questions I get. Um, you know, financing, interest rates in the marine industry have been running between about five and a half and about 7% with really good credit scores in the 700s plus. Um, the average term that most customers are doing right now on boat loans is anywhere between 10 and 12 years. Um, and those loans are simple interest loans. So what's that mean? That means, you know, most of these customers aren't paying 10 or 12 years on a boat. Um, you know, they are financing them at that because they want to keep a lower note down, but they end up paying them off early. So, you know, with a simple interest loan, if it's paid off early, you don't get any kind of prepayment penalties or none of that type of stuff. So you pay it off early, no harm, no foul. You don't have to pay anything extra because you are paying it off early. Um, so 10 or 12 years on the term, simple interest loans. And as far as down payments, that's a big question we get all the time. 10% down is the standard, is the norm. Uh, that's in the industry. So if it's a $40,000 boat that you're purchasing, expect to bring $4,000 to the closing table for, for uh, closing, you know, um, and what the, uh, the uh, I'm sorry, I can't spit it out, guys, what the uh, finance companies are going to require down on it. That's the average. That's the norm. Um, it could be a little bit more. It could be a little bit less. If you have superb credit, A plus credit, it could, it could be a little less. But Zero money down in our business is not something that's real common. So those things will hopefully help you guys out. That's where we are right now in 2021. And we'll do another update, another podcast episode as we go on throughout the summer because it's going to change. Uh, some of the, you know, the industry, the way it's going now is definitely going to probably change somewhat 
and we'll keep you guys updated on that. So, but I really wanted to spend some time with y'all talking about the industry because a lot of you are looking for new boats right now. And, you know, hopefully this is going to help y'all guys. So I really appreciate it. As always, uh, our time here for the for this episode is coming to an end. Guys, if you haven't checked us out on social media, I know a lot of you do, but check us out, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and our YouTube channel. We are doing a lot of content on our YouTube channel to bring to you guys as often as we can with our schedules. Um, so if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, check it out, like, subscribe to it, uh, and please share it with your friends. We really, really appreciate it. Don't forget to check out our great sponsors also on social media. Uh, Patrick Irkfitz over at Beaver Creek Game Calls. I talk, I talk about him. Custom build calls. You can't beat Beaver Creek Game Calls, guys. Check them out. But until next time, this is Jacob with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. We'll talk to you all again next week. Y'all have a good one. All right, guys. Jacob back with a bonus segment this week. If you listen to the whole show, you heard me tease earlier about brands, bass boat brands in the market in 2020 and where your brand may have ranked. So we're looking at the top 10 brands, which include Ranger, Camus, Vexus, Falcon, Blazer, Triton, Bass Cat, Skeeter, all the major name brands in the industry. And, and I have the official numbers for what was sold in 2020 and where those brands stack up. So I'm going to give you the breakdown. Guys, number one on the list with 2,764 total units sold. What do you think it was? Ranger Boats, guys, number one in the market for 2020. Nitro with a close second, 2,717 units sold in 2020. Skeeter coming in at number three with just under 2,000 units sold. Number four, Phoenix Bass Boats, just under 1,000 units sold in 2020, followed by Trident at 800, Bass Cat at 443, Camus Boats, a new boat to the market over the last couple of years, coming in with 204 units sold in 2020, followed by Vexus Boats at 182, Falcon, another newcomer to the industry at 117, rounding out number nine. And number 10 on the list for 2020 was Blazer Bass Boats at 47 boats total units sold. Coming to a grand total of all these companies combined, guys, for 2020, a total of 10,344 units sold in 2020 in the bass boat market. Um, that's actually a little less than it was in 2019 when 2019 in the U.S. there was 10,826 total sold out of those top 10 brands. Um, as we talked about, makes a little bit of sense. Production slowed down as the pandemic, you know, started to play into the equation more. Um, so less boats were able to be pumped out. If production could have stayed at full capacity, you would have probably seen it be quite a bit higher for 2020. But did want to tell you guys, I teased you earlier in the show that I was going to, I was going to talk about those top 10 brands and kind of see what you guys think on that. Um, see where your brand, your specific brand you follow fail. But that's the numbers, guys, and the numbers don't lie. So hope y'all enjoyed this week's episode. Thank y'all for tuning in, as always. And we'll catch y'all next week on Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors.